Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. On a cold, wintry day, I see in front of me someone with a beaming smile and making life a little bit happier as we speak. So my guest today is Wendy Bjork. We're going to be talking about all things to do with MS, multiple sclerosis. And um, well, first of all, a warm welcome, Wendy. Hi. Hello, and thank you for having me. It's an absolute joy. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, Wendy. I have been living with multiple sclerosis for about 35 years. I live in the northern part of the U.S., which I believe has a lot to do with having a chronic illness like MS. It's not sunny here. It's not warm. And I think maybe the lack of vitamin D is why it's so prevalent. So I'm just out here trying to help people know they have choices and know there's hope. Brilliant. Okay. Well, a lot to unpack. And for some people who may have heard the names but know nothing about it, is it a good place to start just by talking about what multiple sclerosis is? Sure. It's if you imagine an electrical cord, a power cord that you yank from the wall too many times and not do it properly, and the wires start to sort of separate or the covering kind of comes apart. That's what our our nerves in our body have a covering on it. And with multiple sclerosis, sometimes that covering is damaged or missing. So then our brain, when it's sending signals throughout our body, can't send proper signals or the signals are missed. So I compare it to like the electrical cord, you know, mm. it still kind of works, but not a hundred percent. Right. And uh, is this a genetic thing or a, how, how, does it, you know, does it run the families? Is it, is it, what, is it, is that how it starts? From the doctors that I've seen in the U S they say it's not genetic, but my grandmother had a horrible case of rheumatoid arthritis and maybe even a dose of MS because all she did all day was sit in a chair. She could barely walk. Mm. She didn't really do much. And I think it's an autoimmune illness and I think it's all genetic. Yeah, it's interesting. I just wonder how much is genetic and how much is a product of our environment and you know our lifestyle and such like. So I'm sure we're gonna come onto that. But um, so how did, you knew, how did you know that you had it? It took about five, maybe six years to be diagnosed actually 
And it just started with weird symptoms when I was a teenager. I was 15 or 16 years old and just a simple hot bath would trigger it. I would get out and my legs would feel like cooked noodles or cooked spaghetti noodles, just like they were useless. And I would mention it to the doctor, you go for your annual physical and he didn't think anything of it. So I just kept ignoring it. And just things like that kept happening or my feet would be numb or tingly. You know, we have a lot of snow here and I would be standing in our entryway at our house and I'd be in a puddle of melting snow. And my dad would say, you're standing in a puddle. And I didn't even know it because my feet were numb. So just small things. It sounds like it's got features like, you know, similar to other, like I say, rheumatoid arthritis, Raynaud's, all that sort of stuff. Interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's the extremities of your body that you, you notice it through. Is that, is that? That's where I first noticed it through. Yeah. People notice, you know, it's, it affects everybody differently. Yeah. So if you suspect someone has it, I mean, what are the things that you're looking out for? These sorts of strange, non-connective sort of experiences or other things as well? I think that's first place to look is these, like you said, the non-connected experiences. And eventually what sent me to the neurologist was I was actually at my first real full-time job and it was a very stressful insurance office. And it was like someone had their hand over my mouth all of a sudden, I couldn't speak. I didn't know if I was having a stroke or what was happening, but it was something in my brain not working and it affected my speech then. Right. Wow. And I mean, that must be quite scary. Never mind the, the actual thing itself, but something mm-hmm. like that happening to you must, you know, fire the stress hormones off and that can't help it anyway. So you must get into some sort of negative spiral, I suppose. And yes, that can happen because you think what is happening, you feel out of control, you feel like you can't do anything about it. And you just, yes, you spiral. Wow. And so... And so the prognosis for people with MS is broadly what? It's a life-limiting illness. And I guess we get to choose how we look at it and how we Mm. deal with it, how we live with it. Yeah. So medically, I guess you go to the doctor first and you say, hey, I've got this. And they they diagnose this thing and, and they say it's MS. I mean, I'm guessing I know what their first response is in terms of treatment. What, 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 what's their approach? I think more and more now it's different infusions, different medications to suppress the symptoms or mask the symptoms. And when I was first diagnosed that there weren't many medications available and maybe that was a good thing. I don't know. I think really managing things around you are good first steps. You know, like you said, the stress, that is huge. I know I can tell immediately when I'm stressed and I just try to keep calm. So try to keep calm, breathe to your breath work. You know, you don't have to have a whole scenario of, you know, sitting on a mountainside, but just take five minutes and step outside and breathe. Yeah. That's yeah. huge resetting your nervous system. Yeah. So there's the, and I'm guessing some mindfulness work as well might be quite powerful but but the, the the stereotypical medical approach is pills but you know we were chatting earlier and you were saying actually there are different ways of thinking about it you, you talked about wisconsin earlier and i uh, just met and said that you thought the environment you you were in had a 
a negative effect on you. So can you tell me a bit more about that? I think just lack of sunshine. I mean, from the end of October until maybe March, it's very gloomy and dark here. And it's very easy to slip slip into a depressive zone and just feel sorry for yourself and think, why me? Why do I have this? Why the all, all of the why questions? And it took me a long time to navigate around that to figure out, you know, I'm only 40 years old. I have my whole rest of my life. Yeah. I need to do something different. And so what, what are the changes you've made which have actually had some sort of profound in, uh, positive impact for you? I think I was very fortunate. And in that first job where I had all the stress and the attacks, my boss was into self-development and it was in the early nineties and nobody was doing that. It wasn't cool then. Hmm. And he would send me to seminars. You know, he sent me to a four day seminar with Stephen Covey's group, you know, for an immersion. And I don't, I still haven't asked him if he did it to help me navigate this illness or, you know, if he was trying to do help me teach the rest of my coworkers, but I'm still grateful for it because you know, I've infused that into my life still and into the people that I help, you know, and the, the Brian Tracy's, you know, just taking something and trying to find a positive around it. And it's really hard when you don't even want to get out of bed in the morning, but you have to have something to be grateful for every day. So you're, and, and and you think there's a, there's an actual effect from this that actually um, manipulating the way that you're using the brain actually helps um, with this sort of brain, you know, this, this sort of condition. I believe so. And then not just MS with any condition, you know, everybody's dealing with something and you still need to find the silver lining in everything because otherwise you're just wallowing and, you know, swimming in this pool of chaos, I guess, you know, that's self-imposed. Yeah. Okay. So I know you've written an ebook that um, is well, it talks about um, what's your body trying to tell you. So tell us a bit about the book and the purpose of it. Sure. The whole purpose is just to give a background of what I've gone through and what's possible for others to help improve their life. And it was a thought piece I actually submitted to the National MS Society in the states, and I now write for them on a probably a bi-monthly basis and just to like I said show people there's different ways that you can navigate this yes. not just set in stone how you have to live so you've talked about positive attitude and uh and those sorts of things what are what are the things I'm guessing some form of some form of vitamin d inputs is important as well mm-hmm. given your lack of it you know you're describing earlier what other sort of broad things can people do I think there are so many gaps in care and that's what I always go back to, you know, not just the mindset, but your body, what are you eating or drinking? What are you putting on your body? There are so many chemicals in the U S that are completely allowed and that all interferes, whether you have MS or not, it interferes with your, how your system functions. And then there's a relationship aspect. Do you have a support circle? So many people don't have anyone to talk to about their illness. And I've even noticed there's spouses that leave because they can't deal with it. 
And then, like I said, the last aspect is their environment. You know, what are you, what are you using in your home? You know, do you have candles, your cleaning products, your laundry products? And it all seems so simple, but it all has an effect on your system, your body, and how you can function. I know you sort of change your diet as well. I know, uh, I think we chatted earlier and I was telling you about someone I know who, had, who has managed MS for many years just through a sort of very pure, I mean, I don't know if you call it a vegan diet, but it's certainly a very enlightened sort of diet. Yeah, you, I'm guessing you're thinking there's something in that as well as important. It is. And even if you just start slow, just cut out sugar, you know, the refined sugar is inflammatory. And that's really where I dove in was finding out what's inflammatory, what causes more inflammation. We already have enough. So by cutting out the things that add to it is very helpful. Right. You know, the foods, the people, the products in yeah. your home. And so eating purer home cooked things is avoiding trans fats and things. So if you're focused on inflammation, I mean, diets, it's a really good thing. I can see how stress now adds um, to sort of that idea of body inflammation. And yeah, it makes sense about the environment. Is there a place that you can go and, and find sort of um, good resources on this so you can almost audit your lifestyle? Is there, is there anything like that that's around? When I was going through this, I couldn't find anybody to help me. You know, there's all different books and I guess those kind of tools, but I didn't, you know, I love to read, but I didn't want to just continue to read and grow my own library. And I guess from that, I learned to how to help other people, you know, how to walk with them because there isn't, this isn't an easy quick fix. There never was a quick pill quick fix you know, for any solving any problem and when you you don't know what's going on inside your body so you don't know you know what's affecting it and that's yes. what's interesting and difficult about navigating it I guess yes and you talk about a program you have which is called I think the four cornerstones program could you sort of maybe talk a little bit about that yeah and I think it's just the tip of the iceberg actually you know just talking about the mindset and the body aspect, the relationships, then the environment, and just going through and creating a blueprint or roadmap. You know, I spend the whole day with somebody to go through all those areas and just to give them the tools to go onward. Or some people do a four month program with me where we take one each week and just spend four months doing it together instead of them trying to do it on their own. Because yes. it's not easy to change your diet. Yes. And you work with, with the whole holistic thing, but bringing together your own experience with this as well, I guess, yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And if, you have, if you're someone whose partner has um, MS, what's the best thing we can do to support them? I think most people are proud and they don't want help. And myself, was, I was included. And I think just keep offering to do things, niceties. Such Allow nice. your partner to have self-care time. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so if we want to find out more about your work, uh, Wendy, how will, how will we do that? A good place to start is my website, mm-hmm. theheartsofwellness.com. And I work with people all over the world. So it's not limited to just being in the States. And 
are you on the socials as well? Are you, are you on those sorts of things? Yes, I am on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, you can connect with me. It's the Empress of MS is my handle. And then on Facebook, it's just my name, Wendy Bjork. Right, very good. And I mean, we talk a lot about resilience here and uh, that's what we're all about. Um, is there anything that an MS person needs specifically for their resilience? Is there anything extra, for example, or is there anything that we can learn from people with MS to build our own resilience? I, I believe just getting up every day, even though you might not feel like it, putting on clean clothes, that's what my neurologist told me 25 years ago. Even if you don't feel like it, just put on something clean. Yeah. Just start your day. And if you go back to bed, you go back to bed. But at least start. I mean, this has been around for over 600 years. And there hasn't been much progress with treating it. And I think just taking simple steps, like you said, just start with your diet. The simple steps to go in the right direction makes yeah. a huge difference. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so let me just refresh some of those things. So we talked about heartsofwellness.com. You're on Facebook, I see, as your name, Wendy Bjork. And is that Bjork like the singer? I'm sure you've not heard anyone <laughs> mention that ever before in your life. Yeah, <laughs> and I love her. Yeah, she's brilliant. And then Instagram, you're the Empress of MS. Um, so that's a nice... Um, sort of handle to do it it's a fascinating it's a fascinating subject and today we just we simply scratch the surface of it uh but obviously people can come and talk to you and and begin to find out more and i'm guessing you help and support the allies and spouses and partners of people with ms because it's important to be able to as you say build that network network yeah is that part yes. of what your work as well yes of course good all right brilliant well wendy thanks for spending time with us today it's an absolutely fascinating subject and uh I think you've inspired me to go off and read a bit more, actually. I realize how little I know about this subject. There's a lot. And like I said, it's been around so long that there really hasn't been a whole lot of progress. Yes. You know, it's still the base. The base issues were what the first patient presented, and it's still happening. Yes. Do we have, a, have an idea of when it started? And, or is it just part of the overall autoimmune mix? The furthest I've read where a case was diagnosed was in 1395 and it was in um, Holland. Right. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. No. And they, is that, did they, toy, did they coin the term MS or is it, did that de develop? I think it was coined in the 1800s. Right. Yeah. I didn't realize that. The history of illnesses is actually quite fascinating, isn't it? You do you do find out so much. Wendy, brilliant. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's been great. Uh, Heartsofwellness.com is the site. Please look Wendy up and she, she's got a mine of information on that site. So um, thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you again. It was great being on with you. Take care. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. 
And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.